guess my desire this morning is that as I speak to you, hopefully I'll lead you to the promised land. I want to just talk about the promised land this morning in our journey there. I'm going to be reading out of Joshua here in a little bit, but I want to just talk about the promised land. I think so often we get the idea that the promised land is heaven, but it's not. That's going to be a great place to be, but the promised land is here and now. And it's walking in the Spirit of God with His authority and with His power yeah, no, on our side and within us. Uh, but I was just thinking about this, you know, I was thinking about the children of Israel being trapped in Egypt. And, you know, I, I've always looked at this story as a, really a picture of our salvation. If you think about it, God had called the nation of Israel through Abraham. And uh, they were living in the promised land and all of a sudden things kind of got turned upside down and they ended up in Egypt. You know, things got a little bit suspect and they were starving in a sense and they ended up in Egypt anyway and over time they became bound. They became slaves in Egypt. And, uh, you know, that speaks to me of our life in sin. You know, God called us out as children and we, as you know, Adam and Eve sinned and we were placed in Egypt in a place of bondage to sin and to death. But God called them out of Egypt. Uh, if you know the story, the last night that they were in Egypt, God said, you take a lamb, you slaughter it, you take the blood from that lamb, and you put it on the doorposts of your house. And then you eat all of that lamb, and you don't come out until morning. And uh, that really speaks to us of applying Jesus' blood to our hearts. You know, Jesus was the lamb of God slain for the world, and he laid down his life, and that blood has been applied to our hearts, and the angel of death has passed over us, and God begins to lead us out. You know, the, the sad part of the story is too many Christians get out of Egypt and just sit there. I want you to think about where God took them next, to the Red Sea. They were in a place where it seemed like they were bound up, the, the Egyptian army behind them still chasing them. You know, and if you, if you remember anything about the day that you were saved, Satan didn't let go of you very easily. He chased you, and he chased you. And uh, God brought you to a place where there was lots of water. And uh, God said, you know, it's time to pass through the waters, waters of baptism. You know, so God parted the sea, the people passed through. All of them went through, were baptized, came out on the other side. They still weren't in the promised land. They were still walking. Some of them decided to stay there. Decided to stay, just get saved and baptized, get out of Egypt, get through the Red Sea, and we'll stay here. You know the story. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. We don't have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years to get to the promised land. And we shouldn't. That's just because of rebellion and unfaithfulness and unbelief that they dwelt there. God's desire was not for them to stay in that wilderness for very long. Matter of fact, I think that, you know, from talking, it was just a few days' journey, in a sense, across to where the promised land was. They could have been there. They had sent out spies to seek out the promised land, and they had come back with a good report of all the things that were there. Well, some of them had. Most of them hadn't, I guess, as we look back on it. And that's what the people believed. 
wasn't the true word of God, what God had told them to do. They believed what people said. You know, and I think there's a lot of that within the church today. You don't need to get into the promised land. You don't need that Holy Spirit. You don't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. God said differently. I'm taking you to a promised land, a place where you can be filled with the power of God and you will see your enemies removed from your presence if you'll just be faithful to follow as I go in. So I want you just to think about this. All the old men died in the wilderness. The new men, the young men made it in to the promised land. We must have that old man that dies, but we don't have to walk around the wilderness for 40 years and let him die. You know, you can put him to death pretty quickly, you know, if you desire, and walk right into the promised land. If you know anything about the journey of Israel, they came out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, and they went kind of down and around the Jordan River. And they were coming back to the west. They were coming from the east to the west, back across the Jordan. And uh, this is kind of where I want to start today, talking about this. Yeah, maybe I, I won't read here for a minute. I just was thinking about this. You know, they came to the Jordan River, and it was at flood stage. It was kind of early spring. It was actually almost time uh, for the Passover celebration. They, they crossed over, and we'll read that maybe here in a minute, that it was the 10th day of the first month that they crossed over the Jordan. But God brought them to the Jordan. And uh, here again we see a type of baptism. Baptism. The waters, like I said, were at flood stage. And God said, you know, you get the priests, have them get the ark, and have them walk into the river. And just as soon as their foot touched the waters, they stood up, just like the Red Sea. The waters that were coming down stood up, and the waters below just left. But they went through on dry ground. You know, and I, I'm sure that most of us realize that's a miracle in itself, because once the water's removed, it takes a little while for the ground to dry up in a riverbed. And most likely there was a lot of mud and rock and things in there. But they went across, and, and God said, you know, you need to get across, and everybody go across. But I was just thinking about this, you know. We always think about the ark of God as being the presence of God going before them. If you know the story, he went before them in a pillar of cloud and fire. That's the presence of God leading the people. This is the presence of God leading the people into this promised land. You know, so often we, like I said, we, you know, think, well, yeah, I need to be saved. I get saved. I need to be baptized in water. I get baptized. I don't really need to be filled with the Spirit. If you don't, you don't have the power. Remember what Jesus told his disciples? Tarry you in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Then you will receive power. Then you will receive power. You know, Jesus, I, I thought it was so interesting. When Jesus left and in the end of Matthew 28, it says, you know, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. That's what Jesus was saying. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. And the reason he said that is because he knew he had instructed them to stay in Jerusalem until they were filled with that power. That was the same power. We, we sing that song. If the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, you know, the Bible says... He will quicken our mortal bodies. 
So many of us, in a sense, have taken care of the spiritual side of things, but this old fleshly man rears its head a lot. And we say a lot of stupid things and we do a lot of stupid things. We don't have control over him because we have not invited in the powerful one, the strong man. The strong man. The Bible says that, you know, you can't go into a, a house and overtake it if the strong man is living there. We need the strong man in this house. We need to make sure what we're saying and what we're doing is according to the Spirit of God. Jesus said, I must go away so that the Comforter can come, the Holy Spirit can come. For when He comes, He will lead you into all truth, and He will teach you all things whatsoever I have said to you. Someone mentioned this to me this morning, and I have it written down here. Greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. I want you to think about the works that Jesus did. He healed the sick, healed the blind, healed the lame, raised the dead. <laughs> Greater works than this shall we do. Because he's gone to the Father and the Holy Spirit has come. But only if we allow that Spirit to be in our lives. If we invite him into our hearts and let him work through us. This old fleshly man fights against the Spirit of God. We need to get the Spirit of God in there to get that old fleshly man out. We need to get that strong man into our hearts. I was thinking about the crossing of the Jordan. Uh, God told Joshua, he said, you know, go across. And when you get across, choose one man out of every tribe and have them get a stone and put it on their shoulder. So it wasn't like a little rock. It was a stone. It was big. And place them on the other side where you will camp tonight as a memorial. You know, I was just thinking about that. When we go through the th things in God's word, when we're saved, I remember that day. When I was baptized, I remember that day. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I remember that day. I've set up a memorial, a marker that reminds me where I am in God. And that's what this was all about. They set up a marker to make them realize that God had brought them through and they were in the promised land. They were now standing in the promised land. And the first thing that God had them to do after they got through the promised land, He had them circumcise the young men. The cutting away of the flesh. As we begin to walk and live in the Spirit, we've got to get rid of the old man. We've got to have him circumcised out of our heart. We've got to have that old flesh Cut away. We've got to have the new man, the recreated man, living in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was just thinking about this, you know. Uh, it talks about calling this place Gilgal, which means a rolling away. You know. And uh, it talks about rolling away our slavery to sin. It talks about rolling away our desire of the flesh. It talks about rolling away the shame that we had in Egypt. I want you to think about the children of Israel as they were living in Egypt. They were slaves. They were treated like animals and worse than animals probably because I'm sure they fed their animals. These guys didn't really get that much to eat and, and to live upon. But all these things have been rolled away through the power of God, through the life and death of Jesus Christ. 
We need the Holy Spirit. I want to go to John 16. I'm not going to read in Joshua. I think we've probably talked enough about that. But let's go to John 16. I'm going to start in verse 1. These things have I spoken to you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time comes that whosoever kills you will think that he does God's service. And these things will they do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember what I told you of them. And these things I said not to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask where you go. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it to you. Jesus was very adamant to his disciples that they needed, or he needed to go, that the Holy Spirit would come. And then he was very adamant that they would stay in Jerusalem until that gift came upon them. We're a full gospel church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts thereof, but... That is where our power lies, folks, is in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in His working, in His place within our lives. God didn't take the children of Israel out of Egypt and leave them by the Red Sea. He didn't take them through the Red Sea and leave them in the wilderness. He took them to the promised land. You know, I don't know if you think about these things, but we are three parts. Body, soul, and spirit. In 1 John, it says there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. There are three that bear record upon the earth, the blood, the water, and the Spirit. You know when you're saved? I want you to think about Passover. What was applied to the doorpost? The blood. <coughs> that was the witness that they were saved. That's the witness that you are saved, is the blood of Christ. When you stand before God and someone, maybe the devil accused you and said, he's not your son, and God will say, yes, he is. See the blood? That's the blood of my son. He's one of mine. The water. When you were baptized in water, that speaks, that's a witness to your baptism into Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And in the baptism of the Spirit, it bears record, bears witness. You know, you can go through this world with one-third of God's plan for your life. You can go through this world with two-thirds of God's plan for your life, or you can have it all. 
Why do you think in the parable of the sowers, some ground brought forth 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100? Because some people took it all. Some people just took parts. I want to encourage you this morning to seek it all. You're never going to have the true joy that God desires for you until you have experienced his full life within you. Hallelujah. God the Father, the blood. God the Son, the water. God the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. These three bear record upon earth. And we need that power. We need that power. If you look at the world that we're in, you know, we just sang a song about God never stopping working. Satan doesn't either. He never stops working. We need to make sure that we have all the tools available to us to defeat him. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives to accomplish that. So I want to encourage you, seek, if you have not received it, seek the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's where our power comes from. Again, Jesus told his disciples, stay until you receive that. Don't go into the world. Don't try and do this until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people go out into the world and try and do things on their own power. It just does not work. It does not work. We need that boost, that unction from the Holy Spirit within our lives to do what God has asked us to do. Hallelujah. I want you to just close your eyes this morning. I just want you to kind of be honest with me this morning. If you will raise your hand if you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but you did not receive the Holy Spirit when you got saved. It's a separate act towards God. Hallelujah. You received the Spirit of Christ that life-giving spirit but look at the disciples they had to wait to receive the Holy Ghost they were already saved they needed the Holy Spirit within their lives hallelujah hallelujah Father I just want to thank you that your desire and the gift that you've given us is your Holy Spirit and you desire that he would live within us that he would lead us Lord into all truth Lord it's truth that sets us free it's truth that keeps us on the right track we need him to lead us. And Father, that's why we can do such great works, greater works than Jesus did, because there's so many of us being led by that spirit. There was one Christ. There's a multitude that can house the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And that's the same power that was given to you, you gave to us. Help us to realize that, Lord, that the power that you exhibited upon earth is what we can have through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise your mighty name, Lord. I just pray that, Lord, lives that are here this morning that have not received the Holy Spirit, Lord, would begin to seek that infilling, to realize the need for that power, that dunamis, that dynamite. Hallelujah. That only your Spirit can give to us as Christians. I thank you, Lord, for saving us for leading us through baptism. But, Lord, let us not stop in the wilderness. Let us go into the promised land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, that's not heaven. There was sin in the promised land. There's not sin in heaven. There was battles in the promised land. There's not battles in heaven. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Lord, help us to realize there were no battles in the wilderness because they weren't doing what God wanted them to do. So why would the enemy mess with them? It's when we get to doing what God wants us to do that the enemy confronts us. And that's what happens in the promised land. But Lord, we must be equipped. We must be empowered by the Holy Spirit, Lord, to face those things as we enter into the promised land. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you that it's a free gift. It's just like salvation, Lord. All we have to do is ask and we receive. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you and we give you praise. We just pray, Lord, that these words will be heavy upon our heart, Lord, until they are reality within our life. That your conviction, Lord, would cause us to come to a place of repentance and acceptance of that gift. Hallelujah. Let us not be slothful, Lord. Let us be doers of your work and not hearers only. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray that you'd go with us. You'd cause our time of fellowship to be sweet, Lord. Lord, I just think about the infilling of the Spirit, Lord, and the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit. May that fruit proceed from out of us, Lord, because of the Spirit within us. May we have that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Lord, that is the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, may it just continually flow from our being to all those round about us. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed this morning.